The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. The Writer Files is brought to you by Studio Press, the industry standard for premium WordPress themes and plugins. Built on the Genesis framework, Studio Press delivers state-of-the-art SEO tools, beautiful and fully responsive design, airtight security, instant updates, and much more. If you're ready to take your WordPress site to the next level, see for yourself why over 177,000 website owners trust Studio Press. Go to rainmaker.fm slash studiopress right now. That's rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. These are the writer files. A tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of working writers. From online content creators to fictionists, journalists, entrepreneurs, and beyond. I'm your host, Cal Reed writer, podcaster, and mediophile. And each week, we'll discover how great writers keep the ink flowing, the cursor moving, and avoid writer's block. Wildly prolific, best-selling novelist Dean Wesley Smith has been a full-time writer since the 80s, and he made a visit to the show to talk with me about how he's written and ghostwritten hundreds of titles over the years. In addition to being the CFO of a traditional publisher, He's a nonfiction author, educator, and multi-genre writer whose short fiction has appeared in over 20 anthologies. Dean shared with me the habits and habitats of a hyper-prolific fictionist who's also written dozens of Star Trek novels, film novelizations, and a handful of licensed properties for favorites like Smallville, Spider-Man, X-Men, Aliens, and Men in Black. Join us for this two-part interview. In part one of the file, Dean and I discuss how Heinlein's rules can change your writing process, why writers have to be readers first, how a dedicated writing computer can greatly increase your productivity, the origins of writer's block, and why you should always write yourself into a corner. And we're rolling with Dean Wesley Smith. Thank you so much for um, taking some time to talk with me a little bit about your process. Thanks for having me. I'm, I appreciate it. I'm thrilled to have you on the uh, the podcast. And I mean, you you are a, a just a prolific author with a a really storied career. It's um, it's actually kind of hard to wrap my head around uh, the amount of of writing and the amount of uh, just kind of work in general that you've done for 
for other writers. So uh, I just love to get into it and pick your brain a little bit. So maybe for listeners who aren't familiar with your, your kind of prolific career, could you tell us a little bit about your origins as a writer? Yeah, actually, I, I, when I was coming through high school and all that, I hated writing. I just loathed it. Wanted nothing to do with even an essay test. And um, I ended up um, going back to college kind of late after a couple other careers along the way. And, and it was in 1974, you can tell I'm giving my age away here, that I had to, I was an architecture major and I had to take an English course. And this English professor um, made us write poetry, and, which I, you know, was just getting beat up on because I was <laughs> every, so everybody said too commercial. And they made us mail off some poetry. And, um, and so I mailed, you know, they showed us how to mail off poetry to this big college contest. And I ended up winning the thing with one of my commercial poems. <laughs> wow. And uh, kind of never looked back after that. I sort of got the bug about writing and then started slowly writing short stories. And, and I didn't really get serious about it until 1982. And then I, then I found Highland's Rules and started writing a short story a week and never looked back. I uh, um, went full freelance in 1987 and have made my living in writing and publishing since 1987. Wow, wow. It's such a cool story. And um, so it sounds like that aha moment was that moment of publishing when, when you were first kind of accepted as a writer and made some money doing it. Yeah, I actually made $100 on that first poem, which was, you know, and looking back at it was amazing, um, especially in 1974. But I, I don't think the really the aha moment for me was was until 1982. Um, I had spent from 74 to 82 basically doing what English teachers told me to do, which was rewrite everything to death and write slowly and all of that stuff had nothing to do with being a professional fiction writer, you know, the, how the people who I love to read actually did it. And it wasn't until I found Heinlein's Rules in actually the fall of 1981 and, and then said, okay, I'm going to apply those. I'm going to do a short story a week, even though I had three jobs. Um, to survive. I, I did a short story week and mailed it every week, didn't rewrite it, and started selling fairly quickly after that, and um, and then just never looked back. And so I think for me that aha moment was that January 1st, 1982. I decided to do this. This is when it was going to do it. I was tired of messing around and just got going at it. That's really, really cool. Um, small aside, I was an architecture major as well um, oh. before I found English and, and creative writing. So it's kind of a funny coincidence. Yeah, it is actually kind of cool. Um, so uh, you've got so many things out there, so many things going on. I know you've, you've written under multiple pen names. And um, where can uh, listeners find uh, kind of the bulk of your writing out there if they want to kind of read it and connect with you? Well, right now, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, you know, of course, the standard places for um, the books on Amazon, of course, under Dean Wesley Smith. But if you just log under Dean Wesley Smith, you're going to get about, I don't know, 200 and some pages of, of my work because I, I had over 100 traditional published novels. And then I had, uh, and under many pen names. And I also, since the indie world came around in the, in the last, um, eight or nine years, I have been putting out mostly books under my own name. I have 50 or 60 novels out, a couple hundred short stories out, you know, that way yeah. under my own name. So just basically looking up Dean Wesley Smith and, and seeing if something that you, that I've written there sort of hits your attention. I also did, of course, all the 
Star Trek and Men in Black and Spider Man, and I did all those things too. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, not it, any, basically, you can find my stuff anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not hard to find no. uh, Dean Wesley Smith out there. Uh, which is cool and really exciting. Um, I mean, just the amount of work that you've done and the, and the kind of the genre hopping um, is impressive. You've written nonfiction, in fact. Uh, you've mentioned Heinlein's uh, rules, and it, and it looks like you've published uh, a series that you wrote for your blog. Is that right? Yeah, I, um, I initially did um, Heinlein's rules as a lecture for WMG Publishing, and uh, and you can find those under the WMG Publishing online work, you know, websites. But uh, um, um, when I decided to do this blog series on my blog about that, I would just basically take a, a talk about each of the five rules. It took me a couple blog posts on all of them, so it's about eleven or twelve chapters, and then I put it all together in a book, and it's called Heinlein's Rules, um, written by me, and and you know, explaining Heinlein's rules, which he wrote. You know, Heinlein put those rules down in nineteen forty-seven. Hmm. as to how to be a professional writer. And so yeah. I just uh, did that. Um, that's been out now, I think, just came out, actually. I think it just came out from WMG Publishing. Cool. Um, yeah, it's five simple business rules for writing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the message is, is great. I think it's very inspiring for, for writers um, of kind of any experience level. But, uh, you know, kind of the, the stuff that stuck with me is uh, kind of the butt in chair. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I love that. I love that message. Um, you talk about that's, authors that's, versus writers, and and that's uh, the secret, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, listeners should definitely um, find Heinlein's Rules by Dean Wesley Smith. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers: "Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow," a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books, and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on.
So uh, what are you presently working on? Um, right now, actually, off and on this winter, I've been working on a, um, one of my mystery novels in a, my Cold Poker Gang series. I have a series of kind of twisted mysteries that are featured retired detectives solving cold cases. And they they play poker together once a week. That's why they're called the Cold Poker Gang. <laughs> and um, I I think I have five or six in that series. They're they're very twisted mysteries. If you like mysteries. Excellent, excellent. Well, we'll have to look for that one. I'd love to dig into your productivity a little bit. And I mean, you've got just these these. Um, you you are partly an educator, I, I think, um, because you you do offer quite a bit of advice to new writers and, and established writers as well. But uh, how much time do you personally spend, kind of reading or doing research before you get into a project? Oh, I'm I'm reading all the time, but not necessarily for a project. You know, any any writer is reading all the time because we're readers first and. And if we can't read for entertainment, how can we entertain others? That's kind of my standard theory. Um, so I don't read critically at all. I just read for pleasure, you know, reading novels and other things like that. I seldom do research. Um, I write into the dark, so I don't know what I'm going to write about. Um, I just start writing usually with a title. And when I run into something that I need, I just pop up, do it real, you know, look at it real quick and come back and finish writing. So I, I very seldom have a research project, you know, where I got to research something because I just like writing for fun and entertainment. And yeah. so I don't actually go research. So do you have any, um, pregame rituals like cracking your knuckles, uh, brewing a pot of coffee before you, before you no. get to No, work? I have a writing computer that is dedicated only to writing. Um, nothing else. I don't do anything else on that computer. And, and so, and I have a special chair that's sitting in front of the computer that's ergonomically, you know, because when you write as much as I do, um, you have to be careful of your hands and your arms and your back. And so when I sit down in my writing chair, I just, it's, Chris calls it a switch on my butt. Um, it just automatically turns it on and I'm writing. Um, but I've trained myself over the years that when I sit down at my writing computer in my writing chair, I'm only writing fiction. And, and, and it really does help. I, I recommend that to all writers to have a dedicated writing computer that they don't do internet, games, nothing else on. And so when they, their subconscious knows when they're sitting in front of that computer, it's time to write. And that's all I do. Absolutely. I think that there's a um, more recent uh, invention called the FreeWrite, which is a, has a kind of a mechanical keyboard, but it hooks up to the cloud if you want to download. But it, all it does is, is uh, word processing, kind of like one of those older IBM... Uh, uh, typewriters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's cheap to get an older computer now that you only have word pressing on, WordPress yeah. on, you know, word processing on. Um, but you just got to make sure you can transfer the file to a modern computer. That's yeah. the key. Absolutely. Um, so do you write every day then? Um, pretty much. Um, I have down periods and up periods. I used to be back in the day of traditional publishing, I was a, what I called a sprint writer where I would write a novel, you know, in a week, and then I take two or three weeks off and go do something else. Um, I have a very short attention span. But <laughs> now in this new world, um, and on my blog, if you follow me on my blog, you can, you can see, I literally for the last 900 and some days now have detailed out every day of my life in moderate detail about when I write, when I don't write, you know, and all of that. But I try to write every day these days and have been for quite a while now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know you've talked about this in your in your um, 
blogging, do you schedule the blocks of time or do you prefer a word count or do you just do whatever? I, 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 I tend to word count. I tend to, you know, um, just go to word count. It's sort of over the years has just been trained that I stand up and stretch and so every hour. And so my mind sort of shuts off after about 900 to 1100 words. It just makes me stand up. And that usually takes me about an hour, 45 minutes. And then I stand up, stretch, go to the refrigerator, get something to eat and come back. So it works out in blocks of time, but I only keep track in, in word count. Yeah, yeah, I'm an old pulp writer type of person, and you know, get paid by the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, are you a morning or a, an evening? Uh, oh, late night, <laughs> late night. We're doing this at about two thirty my time. Yeah. I had to get up early to do this <laughs> on the West Coast. <laughs> we rested. I, I you. work till um, four or five, six in the morning. Wow, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Um, do you like to listen to music while you're writing? I have an oldies um, program on. Yeah, uh, but it's really faint in the background. So it doesn't draw my attention. Sure. I always have some sort of slight noise going on in the background. That's cool. And oldies can be kind of blocked out because they're so familiar. Oh, yeah. Especially the oldies from my generation back in the 50s and 60s. <laughs> yeah, well, those are the best ones. Um, so do you believe in writer's block, the million dollar question? Oh, no. No, it doesn't exist, especially for professional writers. It doesn't exist. Now, there is such a thing as project block, meaning you can be going on a project and, and, and your subconscious isn't ready to go forward on it. You're stuck on something. You've gone a wrong direction and you need to back up about, you know, maybe a chapter or two and try another road. That happens all the time. Project block is very real. Um, the, the key with why writer's block even came about is because, especially early on in careers, writers focus on one thing, one project, and, and therefore they get stuck, and then they call that writer's block. But actual writer's block doesn't exist. If they just had the common sense to say, oh, I'm stuck on that, I'll give that some time, and go write something else, they can write something else, not a problem. And that's what professional writers do. Yeah. Those of us who make our living at it, you know, it's like saying I have job block. Oh, I don't feel like going to work today. Right. That doesn't work very long. You know, you're soon out of a job. And that's what happens with writer's block. If you believe that myth, it's a complete myth. But project block is very real. Yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, there was a great piece in the New Yorker that I'll link to in the show notes by Maria Konnikova, who was um, a guest uh, a few weeks back. And the title itself is How to, How to Beat Writer's Block. Um, she, of course, is a science writer and kind of taps into some of the neuroscience behind it. So it's a good, it's a good uh, and it you know, confirms a lot of what you're saying, that, that you know, writer's block was kind of invented by 
yeah. academic literature in the 40s. Well, it's also, you know, it, it was invented by writers who had project block. Yeah. They were stuck on a project and that was the only project they were working on. Yeah, absolutely. There certainly is some psychology there that um, is pretty fascinating, actually. And, and I love that stuff. I kind of geek out on, on reading about it. But uh, I'd love to dig into your workflow a little bit. So uh, you talk about this dedicated uh, hardware that you're using. It's a, a dedicated computer, much like uh, uh, is it George R.R. R. Martin kind of has the old school mm-hmm. um, computer. What, what model is that computer? Mine? It's a, it's a brand new iMac. Um, and I have a second screen. And it's one of the big monster iMacs. And it has a second screen beside it. My internet computer is, is similar. Um, I, I like having the big two screens because I can move stuff around and have files open and 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 all of that. But it's it's a brand new modern iMac, except I have taken everything off of it. You know, <laughs> all of the programs along the bottom is just down <laughs> down to just the word is the only thing that's showing along that bottom bar on the iMac. The W. Yeah. Cool. So I assume you're using Word for most of your yep. general kind of writing stuff. Yeah, all Word. Excellent. Excellent. Do you have any other organizational hacks that help you kind of keep ideas together or are you just getting in there and going for it? Yeah, I'm writing into the dark. I don't have, I, my attitude is if I can't entertain myself along the way and if I know the ending, I, I'm bored to tears and usually will you know, we'll stop on something um, because I have to entertain myself and therefore I'll figure I'll entertain readers at the same time. And so I, I write completely into the dark, often, you know, getting myself, you know, I write down into a hole or down into a corner and, and, and then I get all stressed about how am I going to get the characters out of this and all. But that's kind of fun because the reader at that point, if I don't know what's going on, I certain the readers certainly don't know either. <laughs> and, uh, and so I have, that's to me is the great fun. I, I experience writing as if I'm a reader as I write it. Um, just telling myself a story and I don't, and, and often the endings will surprise me. I'll get to the ending and go, Oh, there's the ending. And as I write past it, you know, and, uh, so I have to stop and go back, but, um, no, I don't have any, any tricks or anything else like that. I just write into the dark and, and yeah. have fun entertaining myself. Yeah. And, and that's a concept I think that you've, you've chewed on in, in some nonfiction. Also, you kind of dig into that philosophy a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I have a book called writing into the dark cause, cause there's so many books about how to outline out there. But there wasn't one book about how to write without an outline, and so I did one. Uh, it was again, it was a series of blogs on my on my website, and then I put it out in a book called Writing into the Dark, and and it also takes out all of the need to rewrite because when you're done, you're done. You only you know it's only a one draft, and and you're finished. But there's tricks to that, and I and I and and how to get a clean first draft all the way through, and so I don't write sloppy. I don't write you know. Like anything, I don't, you know, that attitude of, oh, you should just pour everything onto the page and then go back and fix it. <laughs> oh, no, that's, I'd be bored to tears and, and I'd put that <laughs> boredom into it if I did that. So I make sure I'm done. When I get to the end, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's tricks to that on how to do that, though. I love that. I love that idea. And um, I'll link to that as well. The, oh, I like, I like how you referenced Stephen King's kind of concept of writing what scares us or, you know, yep. writing what our passion is and, and uh, kind of leaving the marketing uh, for later, which is which is a, also a very helpful uh, concept for writers. Thanks so much for joining me for this half of a tour through the writer's process. If you enjoy the Writer Files podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review on iTunes to help other writers find us. 
For more episodes or to just leave a comment or a question, you can drop by writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.